Well, good evening or afternoon or morning or whatever time of day it is for you when you listen to this. Uh, this is Josh, and Daniel's here with me. Hello, everyone. And we're doing another episode for our Abide and Advance podcast. We're going to be talking about a couple of things during this session, but uh, one thing that we continue to talk about uh, and brainstorm about is what it really looks like to be in community with the body of Christ. Um, community is a buzzword that you hear a lot in church, and uh, a lot of people say they participate in it, but what is it really? What does the Bible say about it? How does that tie in with our church membership? And what does that uh, have to do with discipleship? And so we're going to be hitting a lot of different topics related around that. Um, Daniel, you have anything else to add about our uh, topics today? No, I love our topic. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna start with a verse and kind of launch our discussion off of that. I feel like I should start by plugging some type of product or something like a professional radio show, but we don't have any supporters or sponsors or listeners but we do want you to join a d group and yes. uh and get involved uh with that um learn what that's about you can talk to me or pastor wade about that you can check for uh, frequently asked questions on our website fbcfwb.org under the d group tab and uh so a lot of what we talk about is going to relate back to d groups but it's not uh it, it, that's not the only place to have community. That's just one way that we can, and we'll talk about others too. But that's uh, one of the main things we will talk about. Well, let's start with this verse. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it happens to be verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit... We were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God, is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And so I know that we've probably heard this uh, passage discussed in the context of spiritual gifts and things like that before, but I want to go a different direction today and discuss it when it comes to our connectedness in the body of Christ through fellowship and community. Uh, Daniel, you have anything to add about that verse that, that sticks out to you or anything you want to uh, mention around it? I mean, it just makes me think of Psalm 33. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Um, just go ahead and read the rest of it. It's only three verses long. It is like the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard coming down upon the edge of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, 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 coming down upon the mountains of Zion. And this last phrase really sticks out to me for there the Lord commanded the blessing life forever. Um, and it starts with 
brothers dwelling in unity and God commands his blessing. Um, I also think intentionality with us coming together and making an effort to just do life together, what that means. Because we hear community and we're like, oh yeah, let's just be a community. Um, but I think it takes effort. And also this passage to me um, brings out our need for one another. Um, we we want to be believers. We are believers in Jesus. We want to be about his kingdom. And the word of God just points us to the way that that becomes a reality in our life is um, togetherness. Like we need one another. Well, you mentioned the word need, and that brings up an interesting an interesting little side topic and I think that this is the main adversary or enemy to true community and that is in the American church we often let consumerism dictate where we go to church how involved we are in that church and whether or not we participate in the community elements of that church Um, let's take a minute to unpack the threat of consumerism versus and and how it may harm the goal of being a unified body of Christ in community with each member of that body. So let me let me define consumerism first. <laughs> consumerism, um, as you know, is where you put a product in a market, and it could be any market. You know, we're going to talk about uh, energy drinks, and you might uh, pull the neighborhood and say, you know, what flavors are your favorite? And so it may come out that, you know, coconut is the favorite in that neighborhood. So it makes sense in that local grocery store, you're going to put a bunch of coconut flavored energy drinks. That's, that's smart. You know, that's good marketing. Um, consumerism's not bad. It's just a function of having a society with excess capacity of production. Uh, a real-life example is that there are some churches that go to a neighborhood, they, they send out polls and ask people what they want in a church, and then they go build a church that meets those desires for that neighborhood or for that targeted area. And if, if, if we were just talking about a church as a body of believers studying the Bible together, living in community, worshiping God, that'd be one thing. But these churches will do that. They'll, they'll take... Um, you know, lighting, smoke machines, just different peripheral things and custom build a church for an area. And so you have people who are going, I won't go to a church unless it has this type of music or I won't go to a church unless it has this type of preaching or this type of facilities or this type of children's program. And, and it's not wrong to look for a church that meets a need for your family. But when it becomes completely consumer driven, then you have a situation where if the church doesn't do what you want, you take your ball and you go home or you go to a different church and you cut yourself out of that community for for reasons that may not be gospel reasons or important reasons. Um, so how do you think consumerism defined that way could hurt community and fellowship in the body of Christ? Well, first, I agree with you that it does not, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, each church taking on its own identity and how it, um, you know, with it, the the lights and the fog are not necessarily a bad thing, and and maybe even wise in some decisions of people trying to reach a certain people group within their studied area. Like they've evaluated their surroundings, and they're like, this 
is the direction we should go. Um, I think what is happening is within the heart and mind of a believer, if they're allowing, you know, the dynamic and the um, preference of worship and how things are around them, like this thing that they are consuming to be the decision maker for where they are going to worship and who they are serving, I believe they are just missing out on the true power of the gospel in that, yes, this is how we, this is how we worship together, but relationships, you know, them not being connected to other believers in such a way that we, we could just get around a campfire and sing kumbaya but if there's love for one another there's you know there's serving one another there's wanting to outserve one another and there's just relationship um, it does not seem like those are the type of things that would um, take over our decisions like if if I felt led that we needed to go to a different church it would be painful because it should be painful because you have built relationships friendships so what? So what's the difference in the heart of a person? And we're not we're not judging people's hearts here. We're just talking about what the difference might be between a person who approaches going to a church as a worshiper, which we're saying is good, versus a person who might be going to church as a consumer. Which, like we said, it's not wrong to have preferences, but when that becomes the primary driver, it 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 does something to the to the participation in the body of Christ that's not healthy from that person. So what's the difference between a worshiper and a consumer on Sunday morning? Mm. And not trying to judge the hearts of others? Well, I mean, we're, it's like this. We're, we're just talking about generalities here. I mean, these are things that I would say that any of us could struggle with. You know, mm-hmm. I, exactly. I, have, I have my own particular... Um, my own particular preferences that are you know probably different from a lot of people my age number one because I've, I've worked in ministry for you know over a decade and a half and and you'll you'll hear people fight over the same things in different locations and you just get tired of it and you say I wish we could all just come in and have like you know this just the bare minimum so that that's never an issue and and that's not my preference that's just it's more like I, I'm it's like when your kids fight over what flavor of a popsicle to get, and you're like, "We're getting the variety pack. Deal with it." <laughs> um, but no, what 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 is the difference? I, I'll just say, what is a good guardrail in my own heart, whether or not I'm coming on Sundays um, as a worshiper or a consumer, and I would say, um, has the reality of the Word of God, for instance. Psalm 34 starts, I will extol Yahweh at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Um, It's very clear to me in Scripture that we are not to just praise the Lord on Sunday mornings for four songs worth. And to be a... Like, I, I just do not believe that a Sunday morning creates a worshiper. If you're not worshiping the Lord Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday... Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, that Sunday morning service is not making you a worshiper. Right. And it's my, it's me too. Like I'm saying for me as well, like I want the reality of the word of God to be true in my own heart and mind. So I want to worship him all week long. And that way Sunday morning when we come together, which is a very vital and important time when we come together, 
Um, so, so in other words, a, a consumer mindset in this instance might be, I'm coming to church because I want you to worship for me and make me feel like worshiping versus a participant in that body has been worshiping and they come to, they still come to fill up, but they come as part of their ongoing worship. I would agree with that, yes. All right, what, what would be the difference, another analogy kind of struck me as you were talking, because we, we all have gifts, we all have a different angle on what the body of Christ uh, needs in an area. There are members in a church who have a great idea for how to improve things. And so they're coming in and they're saying, you know, we can do this better. That's, you know, that's different than a consumer. A consumer's like, do this better for me. Whereas I'll say like an engineer would be like, <laughs> how can I improve this product or this design? And, and we're not saying the church is a product, but we're just, we're using that as an analogy. What's the difference between someone who comes, they're part of the body and they want to add to the body <laughs> versus someone who comes and is just wanting to feed off the body? Well, I am going to stick with not judging the intentions of someone's heart, but I, I would say if someone is a part of that body and they're coming and they're, they have ideas of how things can be improved, um, regardless of where I think their intentions are or if they have my best interest, I want to have ears to hear what they're saying. Because if we're going to make this passage in 1 Corinthians 12 a reality in our life, um, we have to stick with it even in those moments that, you know, this person is a part of the body of Christ right. and what they're saying um, could be very important. And if I, if I just take this stance of, I don't think they deserve to tell me what they think or, you know, whatever it might be, I, I just sense that I could be missing out on something that the Lord is probably trying to get my attention on. Well, what is real fellowship? Like, let's go back to First Corinthians and Psalm. Um, what is real fellowship? Let's define that. I mean, how would you start by saying? Well, I mean, there's got to be a difference between just going. Like, we know that going to church is not the same thing as participating in the body. Like, there are there are people, and I'm, I'm not saying that there are not people who are introverted and sit and watch more as part of their participation, but there is a difference between when you go because you're supposed to go mm -hmm. versus when you go because you want to both be connected and to invest in a body. Right. And I still stick with, like, what are we doing on Monday through Saturday? Because it's, it's hard not to see the Acts 2 passage where they devoted themselves. You know, that means that every day it came to mind we're devoting ourselves to scripture, to prayer, to fellowship with one another. Apparently there is power around a table and enjoying a meal. Um, and I mean, Jesus exemplified that all through scripture. He was always at a table. Um, and so it just seems like, what are we doing Monday through Saturday would be the question to ask as far as fellowship, you know, unity, um, being a part of each other's lives even throughout the week. And then Sunday, I believe, just becomes even more important because it really is a time where, you know, a larger body, we come together 
and we worship the Lord together. We sing truths together. We hear the word together. I mean, the culture that we live in, um, Sunday should be so important to us because our culture does not really promote for Monday through Saturday to be times where we come together as believers and worship the Lord with song and by devoting ourselves to the scriptures. let's, Let's talk about that one little speck for a minute. You said Monday through Saturday, we aren't built to fellowship. The culture doesn't build us. I mean, the culture does not reinforce it. The culture doesn't usually allow it. What do you mean by that? I would just say the very fabric of our lives, if we're not taking like intentional steps to build relationships and fellowship one with another to encourage each other's faith. Um, if there's just, if there's not intentionality behind it, I believe just the natural flow of life within our culture and probably every culture to some degree, um, like work, you know, everything, everything. you You almost make it sound like you're, uh, insinuating that we live in two worlds a world on Sunday which is this body of Christ fellowship connected worship and if we're not careful Monday through Saturday we'll live in a separate world I not, believe not that, that we're separate people but a separate world I believe that is definitely a temptation um, as humans and within the culture that we live in yes that is, there's a temptation to be like, oh, it's Sunday, so let's do what we say that we're devoted to for this hour, and then we can go about our week, do all the things that really have been ordained by God, but not recognize Him. I even who is it, Bridges, Jerry Bridges, um, and I think it's in Respectable Sins where he says, you know, pride of course is always talked about as far as um, the root of all sin, but he went as far to say. He would say ungodliness, which is just not recognizing God in our day-to-day, moment-by-moment, throughout the week. It's, you know, it's always good to be refreshed refreshed on Sunday and to have it set apart as a special day, but I do see that Monday doesn't stop being life in the body of Christ just because you're not at the church building. He, he, and he does not stop being worthy of our praise. Right. He does not stop being worthy of us devoting ourselves to his word. So because let's, let's talk about Monday because we're actually recording this on a Monday. But, okay, so Monday. It's Monday. What do you do to stay cognizant and aware of the body of Christ and the, and the job that God has put you here to do as a Christian on Monday? Um, you know, you're not going to go up to the church and sing. Um, you're not going to have a Bible study. Um, you know, you're just going to go to the office or whatever. What What do you do on that day on Monday to keep all that stuff in your in the forefront of your mind? You wouldn't sing in a congregation setting, right? But you might by yourself. You absolutely not might. I think you should. Um. So you should. I, in in my opinion, according to what I feel like the Spirit has shown me in His Word, I I think it is vital to our well being. I think it's vital to our relationship with the Lord and intimacy with the Lord. So there's a passage that we oftentimes will uh, 
we'll talk about Pray Without Ceasing from 1 Thessalonians 5. If you uh, look at the entire, the verses around it and everything, verse 16, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Then, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Um, and so it's more than just like, say your prayers. There's there's this entire lifestyle. Um, and I guess you're saying that throughout the week, along with pray without ceasing, is the rejoice always, give thanks in all circumstances, do not quench the spirits. I mean, it's bigger than just say your prayers Monday through Saturday, but do the whole scope of worship that you do on Sunday just by yourself. I, exactly. And it also makes me think of, of uh, you know, the passage that we hear all the time and it's familiar, but we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You know, the gateway into his presence is with thanksgiving and with praise. I mean, that says rejoice always, give thanks in all circumstances, you know, pray without ceasing for this is the will of, you know, of God in Christ Jesus for you. And we're always asking, okay, what's next? What is God's will? What is God's will? And the passage is as clear as it can be. We devote ourselves to the word and we devote, um, we, we want that to be a reality in our heart and mind. So we make an effort with intentionality to pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Well, uh, Ephesians 5, I know Wade will get to this uh, very soon in his uh, series if he hadn't already Ephesians 5 look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil that's not talking about just on Sunday mm -hmm. um, therefore do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery but be filled with the spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart uh, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that's not talking about just Sunday, is it? No, so definitely not. The, the entire week. All right, well, uh, let's talk about just easy steps. Like we're, we're, we're trying to get easy steps. Now we have the, the, the big idea of worshiping all week, fellowshipping in the body of Christ. What's an easy way? Like throughout the week? Yeah. I mean, I would just wake up and talk to the Lord. Like, what about each other in the body of Christ? Oh, each, what do you yeah. mean? Like other members of the body of Christ that you attend with. We're, we're talking about living in community, being with other people, not oh. just not just living in the Lord, oh, okay. but also living with each other. And I think, you know, this, it's dual, dual components of the same reality, but... Invite someone to dinner. Invite someone into your home. Do I have to? Yes, you do. Like, I... How often? They devoted themselves to it. So whatever you think that means. Seven times, Lord? <laughs> Seventy times seven? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, for those of you not aware, I'm a little bit more uh, introverted than Daniel. Uh, I, I like living in a cave like a miser at times. I like solitude. Sol I like people. I like people. Solitude too, is important too sometimes. But... Um, so grab lunch with somebody. Uh, join a D group. I mean, that's. I think that's what people really like about D groups is it makes them do stuff they want to do, but they're too busy for it. Mm -hmm. They want to get together and keep their friends accountable. They want to hear the word of God. They want to hear insight into it from other people going through life, but they don't 
unless you make something like a D group say, hey, we're all going to do this once a week. Um, so invite people to eat, join a D group. What's some other ways? Yeah, the D group to me, it is, a, is an organized effort, a great effort to do what I believe we should be doing. That should be our number one priority, which is being about the discipleship of others, encouraging each other's faith. Um, the very thing that Jesus says um, before he goes to the cross is that they would we would be one. Right. That the same love for the Father in him, you know, it is in us for one another, um, which is just crazy. And it's also like we're, we're saying, okay, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. I want to be a disciple of Christ. I want to follow him. But then we, we don't do anything with other believers around us. I believe that we are deceived because that's what Jesus came, could have saved the world any way he wanted to, according to the scripture. Well, it had to be according to the scriptures, but he came and he was friends with the disciples. Right. He came and changed the world by being friends with a few men. Well, I think one of the good things about a D group too is it's different than a Bible study. In a Bible study, you've got one teacher who's kind of, he's got the, the key, the answers, you mm -hmm. know, and they may direct discussion, but they know where they're supposed to go with it. They know where it's supposed to uh, land. Um, there's a point to a lesson. There, there is curriculum in D groups and there is scripts you go over, but really like there, there's not a right answer oftentimes about how did you, how should you live this passage out? You're going to have, you know, three to five different answers where somebody is going to um, talk about their week at work and how they lived it out. Another person will talk about their family and how they lived it out. Another person may talk about their own personal struggles and how they lived it out. And so you're going to have, you talk, you know, about discipleship. Like a D group isn't one person discipling four other people. It's five people discipling each other. Absolutely. And, and you're going to get an angle on the Bible lived out by somebody that you wouldn't get just sitting in a class hearing about what the text means. And those are necessary and good. Well, and we need each other's insight. Like we, someone who gave their life to Christ yesterday, you know, if he joined a D group with us, I need his insight. I need what the Spirit of God is telling him for someone who's been following the Lord for years, you know, whoever that might be. And that is exactly the dynamic that we have found in our D group um, that we're finding that we are discipling each other. Let me ask you some more uh, stuff from Scripture. And uh, I'm going to just read like a snippet of a verse. Okay. And we're going to talk about it in community. All right. Because that's, that's the big thing here. So, um, therefore, cons confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. What's that mean? I think you should confess your sins to one another, and I believe that you will find healing. It's a process. All right. In whatever it is. And, and within that context, I know it's about physical healing, but all through Scripture, there's no way we can argue that the, physic, you know, the physicality is connected to the spiritual. To find spiritual healing, you know, by confessing the dark places of our heart to other believers and that they would pray. They would actually pray, not just get together and confess sin, but they would actually right. pray for one another. Here's, here's another snippet. Okay. I'm just pulling verses out of the New Testament. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God 
because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. And that's talking about personally supporting people. Mm-hmm. That's not talking about cooperative program or like, you know, throwing a dollar in the plate. That's personally contributing to the needs, both ministry and I think there are other verses about the physical needs of people in your in your local body of Christ. Okay, how do you talk about that? We're talking about supplying actual needs. I say you be obedient to the things that the Lord brings to your table brings to your attention and your and the table each day. Like because a lot of times when we read that we want to we want to solve this huge problem. If there's if there's a problem, we want to solve it on this huge scale instead of being obedient to the one person that God has put in your that has put in your pathway to provide their need for their their daily need, which goes to the Lord's prayer as well. Like, give us this day our daily bread. To have this daily bread mentality, where can you help meet someone's daily bread uh, need for that day? And I think that that has helped my thinking on the issue to go from, for example, giving to the church, which is part of our the, part of the obligation, we use the word obligation, but it's also an honor to do so as a Christian. But to take that and not an either or, but say also, I can and should give to people around me who who really are in need in the local body, mm-hmm. um, because Jesus has already said you will always have the poor with you, and we know from the book of James that the church there was divided between rich and poor. There were people who could not supply all of their physical needs. And the church was commanded to take care of them. There's an, another verse um, in Galatians. So then as we have opportunity, opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are in the household of faith. So how is that fellowship we have with the body and the worshiping of God throughout the week, uh, how is that lived out as we do good with our physical belongings to people in the body around us? Like how? Yeah. Like flesh it out. Mm. I mean, if, if someone is hungry, go have a, a meal with them. If someone is in need for um, a ride to rehab because they just had a hip surgery. Exactly. Yeah. Be willing to give of your time. Right. You know, it's not always financial because I, you know, there there may be plenty of people throwing out money with, with no... Yeah, but that's not the only need people have. <laughs> right. And I would say the biggest the biggest sacrifice that we can give and show the Lord that we want to invest in others is our time. Right. So, acts of service, check. Giving, check. Time, eating, check. Being ears for Worshiping someone. Worshiping throughout the week, check. Yeah. Uh, let's try to get one last part of fellowship here, and, and we're going to call this one. So we, were, oh, we also talked about confession of sin accountability, mm-hmm. so check. All right. One last one, and that is the spiritual bond. So we, because he mentions we're baptized into one spirit. All of us drank from that spirit. What does that spiritual bond mean, and what does that look like in the body of Christ? Not just at church on Sunday, but throughout the week. I believe the the bond of the spirit brings about love, which is the whole First Corinthians. We talk about the the First Corinthians twelve, which is um, talking about the what is it like all the gifts right and how we need one another and we're actually a part of one body and then he goes on to say you can have all of these gifts doing all of these ministries 
you know, you can do all of these, love, but if you don't yeah. have love. And I, I remember hearing Tim Keller talk about this, um, where that First Corinthians 13 for the church in Corinth, it was a bombshell for them to hear that because they were such a... Um, vibrant church like these people were like go-getters they wanted they were there to make it in Corinth like it was a place with really talented gifted go-getter people and they were getting things done there were amazing gifts happening of the spirit and Paul basically shuts them down and is like you can do all these things but if you don't have love for yeah you it's worthless You're, you're a cacophony of clanging metal and you, if you don't have love for one another, and you know, the the best example of love is that that of Jesus, and Jesus uh, was willing to give his life. Um, we kind of, I think, we can get a sense of what that might mean to love another brother, and it's just not of our nature; it's of our new nature. So it takes a work of the Spirit to love someone the way that I believe the gospel, um, the good news of the gospel allows us to love. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, in, in our college class last Sunday, we went over Romans 14. Do not for the sake of food, it's verse 20, by the way. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Um, and he's talking about people who might not feel at liberty to eat certain things um, back in the day. Um and he's just—he's basically saying, if you don't have that conviction, don't use your freedom to destroy another person. Uh, chapter fifteen, one: We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Um, and then he goes on and says, verse seven: Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. That—that that love and mutual. Like, I'm committed as a Christian to edify other people in this church, regardless of if it prospers me at that moment or not. If it costs me a little bit or if I have to do something, or I can't do something I feel free to, or can't do something that another person maybe has, uh, you know, a, a hold up on um, that's not outlawed in Scripture, my main MO should be at that moment, invest in that person, do what's best for them, love them. Yeah. Like that, so that that bond, that spiritual fellowship that that has connected us together um, in the spirit, you know, one one person of the Trinity that dwells and lives in us as Christians in some unfathomable reality, um, we have to preserve that bond and that unity. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. Well, we've uh, we've talked quite a bit on on this longer than we thought we would um, you got anything else to say I don't think so I think we have exhausted at least anything I have to say in my mind well I you know the good thing about um, when you start getting into these verses just throwing them out and going you'll oftentimes find yourself um, you know bring up another topic that you can talk about another time than the Holy Spirit uh, and the church, especially living in the Holy Spirit, is maybe what we should talk about next. Since well, we and maybe to, on it. Absolutely. Well, and I will say, when we read those passages about with Paul, and just um, to me, it's always him elevating the power of the Spirit in his life. Like he, it is not our nature 
to lay down ourself for the sake of someone else. But when we're willing to say, I'm not going to do this because it's going to cause my brother to stumble, um, that takes a spiritual maturity. But right. it, Philippians it, 2, it's, it's the mindset that was in Christ. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It, But it is a work of the Holy Spirit for us to love, and I think that that is what we should pursue. So maybe within a week we'll talk about the work of the Holy Spirit in the local church. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, if you've held on this far, we uh, thank you and appreciate you and hope that you were uh, edified and not confused by our rambling discourse around fellowship, the body of Christ, and living in community. I think that's what it was about, right? Yeah. All right. Well, y'all have a good day, and we'll be back soon with another uh, episode of Advice in Advance. Um, I'm going to have... Uh, Daniel uh, next time like do uh, multiple choice Bible drills or something because it's really good y'all can't see it but whenever I ask him a question and put him on the spot he gets this really confused look on his face for like half a second um, I have to think about it and, uh, I, I, need, I have to say like I need multiple choice next time so you can think through it whenever I ask you a question I need you to give me the questions beforehand because no, you that, say that big words and you you that's the point <laughs> exactly alright well thank y'all very much have, have a good, good week day.